0: Welcome back to the third transmission of the Indivisible podcast. I'm Stephen Mill, joined by Autumn Woods and Jim Skinner. As always, hello, hello. Alrighty, I'm very I'm excited Woods. for this podcast. I think we we uh, we're gonna get now that we've laid the gra- the groundwork with the first two. We're kind of going to get into a little bit more specific, kind of hands-on stuff. We're gonna talk about the five tasks and the five goals. Then a little later, we're maybe get into a little bit about meditation because I'm really. Really interested in that, and I'm, I think that we can sure for sure yeah. <coughs> Sorry. yeah, so alrighty, let's dive into it let's the get first into topic it. well I think the first topic what we what Jim wanted to get at was the five the five tasks yeah, I thought like, we'd
1: maybe uh, outline the five tasks, and then mm-hmm. I wanted maybe even before we did that, just because I know there's a lot of parents that listen to this, I would just if you, if you're not familiar or you need a reminder, I thought I would go over uh, children's fighting, siblings fighting, when they get into a fight at home. Mm. Okay, so when uh, two children are, say, fighting over a toy, or you're in my bedroom and you shouldn't, and all, whatever's going on, then what happens is the parents' first question in their head should be, whose problem is this? Mm-hmm. Is this mine or is it the children's? Mm. Now, if they're fighting in the kitchen while you're making dinner, Dad, then you might say, uh, guys, I'm leaving the room. Once you've finished yelling and fighting, let me know, and I can come back and finish making dinner. Otherwise, dinner won't be happening for a while. Mm -hmm. That's one thing you could do. You can remove yourself from the situation. The other thing, you ask yourself, whose problem is it? It's theirs. They're having a fight over the toy. So you can remove yourself from the fight. You can do what I call bathroom therapy. You take yourself and you go in the bathroom, you lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're lucky, you might have, if you travel a lot as I have, you've got some Bose speaker headphones, or those headphones that kind of take away the sound reduction, noise yeah, reduction, yeah, yeah. so you can be in there, or you can put on some new age uh, Zamfir, some new age music, and just mm-hmm. kind of chill out. Or if it's going to be a long fight the boys are having, or the girl, the girls are, and boys are having, then you might run a bath to get a, your good novel and just relax, chill. Mm. When the fighting's over, when the banging at the door stops, and uh, you're you hear some calm and peace, you come out. And there's one is willing to tell you, You'll know. You never guess what Bobby did to me. And you say, "You'll never guess what happened in Florida last year." The 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 the, the orange crop is is you know because of the, the the weather. Just isn't going to produce the orange juice we're going to have this year. It's a big concern of mine, <gasps> guys. Can, 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 like it's a really. So I'm really basically saying it's not my problem. Uh, I have my concerns, you have yours. And then the one that you see is coming to the door to tell you about all the wrongs that have happened is nine times out of 10, the one who started it. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, it's the youngest. Oh, Because they need backup because they're smaller. They need backup from dad or mom who's bigger (laughs) because they're smaller. So usually that's what happens. So that happens there. And then what you do is you just leave it and then you're going to have a weekly family meeting, and at the meeting they can talk about sharing toys, about when you can come into your brother's bedroom or not. You make up some rules using consensus together, and you solve the problem in the in the more calm atmosphere of the family meeting. Mm-hmm. And so you have a weekly family meeting, and at meeting you talk about some good things that are going in the home, what, how people contribute it. You can talk about any concerns people have. And when you come with a concern, you usually come with a solution. We invite people to come with a solution. Then you move on to the tasks that need to be done around the house and people choose what tasks they will take on this week. And there's various processes. By that can happen that seem fair to everybody. And then you decide, what are we going to do to have fun as a family? And then you decide when the next meeting is next week. And mm-hmm. you do that once a week and uh, it works brilliantly. So you're replacing mom and dad having to be the autocratic authoritarian parent mm-hmm. with using social logic, democratic cooperative principles to develop order that is required in the home. That's so interesting. I really love the idea of
2: letting the argument run its course and then reapproaching it in a situation where everyone's more level-headed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because that's something that I myself just try to do in my day-to-day life is if somebody's temper is high, it's not the time to really try to min- figure out the minutiae of a
1: situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, because they're out of their, uh, that smart part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, and they're now in their emotional in limbic brain and they're em- emoting mm-hmm. and, they're, and the, the reason isn't there. Uh, I also so take the idea uh, from Positive Parenting, Jane Nelson's idea of having a, what she talked about is having in the house, it's having a chair in the house that's a happy chair. People sit there until they feel happy and then they come and that means that their brain is, all parts have reconnected, they're calm enough to have that conversation.
0: Kind of high high road brain functioning.
1: Yes, and and of course sometimes it might require Mum sitting or dad sitting in the happy chair till so they've calmed down. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you some suggestions on how to get to the, to that calm place a little later That's on. That's
0: interesting, the happy yeah. chair. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. This is a interesting
2: side to this conversation when you mentioned the mom or the dad having to use the happy chair too. Yes. Because I know a lot of parents often feel or pretend to feel like their anger is completely justified Mm -hmm. when they're dealing with their children because the children are wrong and they are right. Yes. It's just, it's nice to hear some conversation about how the children, uh, sorry, the parents need to also come at it from the exact
1: same perspective. They shouldn't Mm -hmm. be angry when dealing with the kids. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Everyone has equal value and an equal voice in the home. Yeah. And that's very important. Definitely. And you don't, practice democracy 98% of the time, and then in the end, when you're totally either stressed out from the day, you've had a really busy day, or the the fighting between the kids has just worn you right down, or the whatever's going on has worn mm-hmm. you down, and then suddenly you pull out that card, I'm your father, do as I say, mm-hmm. I'm your parent, yep. stop, This is. I don't care how you feel, this is what you're going to do. So mm-hmm. they pull out the autocratic card. And so, what the message to the kid is? Yeah, yeah, we can. It's nice to have all these uh, logical consequences, have all this uh, conversation and mm-hmm. cooperation. But then, when push comes to shove, dad or mom will pull out that card. So really you know it yeah. kind of undermines all the work that you're doing Interesting. it's it's sort of like how it works in in uh in Las Vegas they they reward you one out of every 17 times mm-hmm. yeah and if they do that you'll keep playing the slot machine now if they reward you one out of every 19 time you're going to stop playing the machine pretty quickly mm-hmm. but if they re- reward you every second time or every third time and you don't get that you're going to stop pretty quickly playing the machine one out of 17 times is about what people do so if you're acting 17 times in a very respectful, mutually respectful way with your child, and on that 17th time, you suddenly pull out, I'm your parent, I'm the autocrat here, you'll do as I say, your little Mm -hmm. inner tyrant comes out because you're tired that day. Mm -hmm. It kind of undermines... The other 16 times you had it nailed. That's so interesting. It's Democracy really is 100% commitment in the home. Mm. And when democracy isn't working, this is really, and I explain this to teachers when I'm talking to teachers and administrators, when democracy isn't working, it doesn't mean you suddenly pull out the autocratic tyrant card. You just have to open it up to more conversation and to more democracy, Mm. more uh, places of, of discussion, conversation. Communication and come up with uh, possible alternative solutions to whatever is going on.
2: Totally, I've noticed that in most relationships in my life, whenever there is an argument, I'm always the one who's saying, like, who's who's open to the idea that the more discussion we have, the more likely that this argument will work itself out. And I try really hard to always hear out the other person's thoughts. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So we get
1: caught up in the ego issue. I'm introducing some language here. Mm -hmm. The ego is what we've created. In our childhood, and the whole story inside of that, which we'll talk about uh, at another future b- podcast. But we create this little defense thing uh, w- around us, and part of it is 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 that sense of having the ego. And we all have met people who are on an ego trip and have a real sense of they need the power, the control, entitlement, a- a- entitled. All those things go on with that. But the ego is about power, and that's about taking a position: I'm right, Steve, and you are wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's and you take your position. But when we get down to it, we have to move past the ego of position, which is about power and control, and new, move to a place of strength, which is true, true stuff. It's the real stuff. It's and the it's stuff of the self. Beneficial. And mutually beneficial. And that's moving from position, yes, to the issue. Mm-hmm. So we're having an issue about uh, you coming into my room without asking, and I... I feel I have the right because I'm your older brother to come into your room and uh so we each have a position and to move that to the issue which is about respecting each other's space for mm-hmm. example say and mm-hmm. getting to that place so it's it's moving from position to issue to then you can move to resolution I really like that yeah huh yeah yeah, I was uh, something
0: that I that we were talking about earlier that I, I kind of wanted to get into was the uh-huh. five tasks. Okay, is that sure. something that's uh, that I, that's super interesting to me? Right.
1: So the Adler, whose uh, uh, time has come. I really, as more I think about this, mm-hmm. and even though I've been with Adler since my oldest son was born, uh, forty-seven years ago, um, I, and 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 read children the challenge, which is probably the parenting book that, of all of them that probably sticks with me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Adler's whole idea was that we come into this world with five basic tasks that we have to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is friendship. No one avoids these things. Yeah, Because we all are hardwired to belong, so we have to, in some way, we have that uh, imp- impulse to connect, to belong, yes, to feel part of. the the indivisible. Yes, I'm an individual and I need need to be healthy to be part of. In fact, the whole idea of mental health and wellness is not the absence of illness or dis-ease if it's a mental state, but it's the place where I actually feel I have the capacity to care for the cares of others, which means I have the ability to feel connection and empathy and care for others Mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. We are all born with that capacity but well, we don't always get it developed and our culture and it's somewhat d- huge dysfunction around this uh, avoids developing naturally and encouraging that capacity to care for the cares of others because we've become so competitive. Mm-hmm. We've lost that natural empathic thing because in competition, everybody you're competing with is your enemy. So you don't really have, you shut down that natural empathy that in compassion mm-hmm. might have. So uh, from an Adlerian point of view, the important thing is to start with uh, being able to be mentally healthy, which means we have that capacity. But, like language, if we do not, if we lock somebody, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, if you mm-hmm. lock somebody in the basement and they never learn to speak, they will never learn to speak. They never hear the language. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's one of the key, key roles of a parent is to help them develop that capacity for compassion and care for the cares of others, mm-hmm. which is mental health. Mm. wow okay
2: i really like that distinction because i think a lot of people in this day and age believe that what mental health is is really like hyper prioritizing the comfort of the self they're like Mm -hmm. oh i need to take a mental health day so i'm going to lie in the bath and eat junk food Mm. and i hear that all the time but in reality when you're like Mm. i do strongly believe that in community like you say is the center of everything and mental health is understanding that if you help somebody in front of you, they will help you back. Mm-hmm. It's a give and take. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Th- Th- Tha- Thought Han is a um, a Buddhist uh, monk, mm-hmm. and he's written a, some brilliant books. His book on anger is one of the most powerful books I've ever read on conflict and anger. And he was asked uh, recently um, who the next great a great teacher will be. He was identifying Maharishi and a couple of other people, Maharishi and mm. Yogi and a couple of other people, as great teachers of our time, mm. maybe the greatest of all times. And then he said, talk for a minute, and he said, well, the next great teacher will be Shanga, which is a Sanskrit word meaning community. So he says that the next great teacher will be community. And I really believe that Margaret Wheatley, whose book uh, Leadership in the New Science is one of the most brilliant books on leadership. I taught at the master's level uh, leadership development. Her book, uh, Margaret Wheatley's books on that, are really, really brilliant, creative books using uh, chaos theory and other things to help develop uh, leadership in in this 21st century. But she, But she has said that really we have to Now go back to, because of the the level of decadence that has crept into our sense of society, Mm -hmm. uh, back to community. Mm. So I think community becomes a grounding place and a place where we start to redevelop the skills of conversation and the skills of compassion and empathy for for each other, develop a sense of being at home. Yeah. I had a woman in my office, Polish woman not that long ago. This is a lovely little story. And uh, uh her English was was a bit challenging, but we got we communicated. And I I said, Why so sad? She says, I really miss home. And I said, mm-hmm. Well, where do you live now? She says, Well, I live in in an apartment, a one-bedroom apartment. And uh I said, It's not not your home. She said, no home was my village in Poland. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't my house; it was the village. Mm-hmm. I was at home there. It was the community. And, and, yes, and she had stories about her home, mm-hmm. and the stories. Of course, we have and anybody who, like myself, who's worked with indigenous people, know that the stories that they tell is how they help us understand their sense of place, mm-hmm. the land, and home, mm-hmm. which is very different than uh, you know a, a four by poor box that we live in somewhere mm-hmm. yeah it's a very different sense of what home means this is a very important distinction and something that i also
2: strongly believe i've lived in a couple other cities and every time i to somewhere i always make sure that i speak to as many people as i can mm-hmm. and make friends Definitely. and almost immediately that place right. feels like home yeah because i've noticed that like in the last three years i've moved home four times yes and mm-hmm. in that time period i haven't felt at all displaced because mm. I've been surrounded by people I love regardless. Definitely. The building holds memories, yes. but the people make memories. Ah. Yes. You know? Uh,
1: no, that's exactly. And the yes, stories sir. that then, families have stories. Mm. In fact, the, your family stories that you tell at Christmas and other family gatherings mm-hmm. are the things that give you a sense of place. Mm. Yeah. A dwelling. Yeah. A home. A sense of home. So, so I want to go back to the five tasks, Steve, that you were asking. Yes. Uh, the f- Adler believed that no one escapes these five tasks. Mm-hmm. We all have to face them. Yeah. Some of us do a better job with some, and some of us don't see some of these as tasks. Mm-hmm. They either are not on our radar at all or they're things that just naturally should happen. I they're not something I need to work at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Once we get past the idea that I have deep feelings of inferiority and I must strive for superiority in which in that striving, in that competitive competing and comparing, there's never a sense of a home. There's never a sense of us always living out that fiction. And I talked about Mm -hmm. the fiction last time of... As a child, we see ourselves small and significant. And so we make up a story about how we're going to feel significant because mm-hmm. we're little and the adults are big and I am hardwired to belong, but I just don't. I'm too small Mm -hmm. so I make up the story I'm going to be the smartest I'm going to be the most athletic the prettiest Mm -hmm. and if we can't do that in a useful way we'll choose a useless way I will be the baddest Mm -hmm. Uh, and if I'm the oldest of course I have to be number one and that's a lot of pressure if I'm second I have to try harder pass the first one and there's three, then the middle one, life isn't fair, the oldest one gets away with everything, you know, mm-hmm. it gets all the accolades, the youngest one gets away with everything, they're spoiled rotten, and they don't see what little, you know, whatever that kid <laughs> is, and yeah. I'm in the middle, and this isn't fair, this isn't right, I'm sandwiched between this, only gets all the accolades, and this one, this mm-hmm. is a spoiled little brat, and I'm in the middle, things aren't fair, as I mentioned last time a lot of lawyers are middle children. <laughs> <laughs> they, things just aren't fair. Justice yeah. is important. Justi- anyway, so here's the five tasks. Number one, friendship. Mm-hmm. What's your satisfaction Just at home as you're listening? Think of your friends. Think of a scale to one to seven. Seven being you have incredible satisfaction with your friendship. Mm-hmm. One, it's kind of thinned out, not so good. And when, as a male over 70, some of my friends have passed on. They've They've uh, they've bundled up and moved on, mm-hmm. uh, and left this mortal coil. Uh, others, it's just thinned out. I, you know, I consciously make an effort to contact them, mm-hmm. spend time with them it, as a task, as an important part mm-hmm. of my well being, their well being, our well being. Mm-hmm. So I keep that going. So friendship. Now, women. I, I'm using me as a male. Women have you know they have a problem. My friend Barry McDonald. Uh, He's done a lot of work with uh, with boys. Uh, he talks about two two men go out in the golf course, and they, they get to about the third hole, and one says the other, "Hey, what's going on with you?" He says, "Oh, we had a big fight, my wife and I." And about the ninth hole, they say, "Oh, what was the fight about?" "Oh, no, oh, it's nothing." And so they go in the clubhouse, and maybe over the beer at the end of it, they'll uh, they'll he will say, "Oh, we fought about where we we're going to have our vacation." Two women go out golfing, they get the first hole. Uh, Beverly, what's going on? Oh, we had a big fight, Ken and I, this morning. Oh my God, let's let's just go and have a coffee and talk about that before we go and play golf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, women develop relationships mm. much more uh, easily than men. It's just yeah. it's not a sexist thing, it's just the, the just, reality, yeah, the social is, reality yeah. of things. Absolutely. So the point is we men can learn from women about developing right re- relationships mm-hmm. and and getting past the the code of silence between men about, particularly about the emotional world. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we were
0: we discussed that last podcast about yeah. about kind of that. Uh, that oh yeah, that wall, the walls the that, that men put yeah. up, put the fathering uh, teen yeah. conversation. Yeah. yeah, so that so whole thing. That so long and short, of it,
1: friendship is one of our tasks, mm-hmm. and see it as a task mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you need to develop, and that gets us off the. The the vertical the uh, and moves us onto the horizontal It mm-hmm. gets us off the competing comparing I'm going to have a, a bigger house than my friend a faster mm-hmm. car whatever it is uh, and get onto the, the, the horizontal where I am, and as a member of the friendship has seen what I can do to enrich our friendship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the second task is that of work and work is what's our satisfaction with work are we just going there because of the paycheck. Do mm-hmm. we go there, and we're, maybe it's not about the money, but I'm, I have total passion about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm in that, as a uh, Google uh, um, uh, human resources person pointed, he's part of that 20 to 30% that are really keen about where they are working and going for it and love it, mm-hmm. uh, not the bottom 20% that are bored and just showing up for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. There's a whole structure within organizations around that. L- so how important is work? Am I doing the work? And do I want, as uh, Wayne Dwyer said at the end of my life, say, I wished I had done it differently when I was doing my job. Mm. I wished I had a different job. Mm. I'd done it. Followed my dream. Followed my bliss, Mm -hmm. as Joseph Campbell would talk about. So second task is work. The third task is is intimacy. And I'm not talking about sexual performance or anything like that. I'm talking about the capacity to really be engaged and be vulnerable and be intimate with the other be transparent mm. about our emotions and what our fears and our hopes and our dreams are about yeah okay yeah and and so to be able to go there and to be, have some sense of because when that's in place uh there's an incredible sense of uh satisfaction in your in your life no matter what else is going mm. on mm. if that if that relationship is intimate and strong yeah The next task is about ourselves and what are we doing to develop our own sense of uh uh, as a as a person in life working through the the traumas of childhood which most of us have one or two or uh, work through the things that have gone on what have we done to really develop ourselves as more rounded psychological beings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh there's more and more interest in that daily amongst men yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I first was into therapy, I would say about about one in five or six would be a man. Now it's about fifty-fifty. Wow. Mm-hmm. So men have really stepped it up, and I. I, I in, in and that's that something that
0: you've realized that you've that you've seen over the last yes. decade or so. Yes,
1: and and uh, and also across cultures. Mm. Uh, it used to be mostly Europeans, and now all cultures are willing to come and and sort out their relationship problems with themselves, with their partner, mm-hmm. and the issues of intimacy, work, friendship. You're willing to come in and sort those things out.
0: I love thinking about them as tasks because they are kind of things that I've always personally thought were just something that you had if you had a successful life, but it's something that everyone needs to work on. It's yeah. not just there. It's always we always need to work on it. And I think I made it, you know, the first twenty five years of my life thinking I could just skate on what I had. I was like, you know what? I'm all good. Yeah, I got, you know, I got, you know, it's like, but now I just, I'm just realizing, especially in the last, you know, four or five years that it's always work. It's always working. Mm -hmm. And it's, we always, people, people just always need to keep working on themselves yeah, and make that effort.
2: I I often say that stagnancy is the killer of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The more that you allow yourself to just settle and be like, I'm good here, the more that life is going to overtake you because There's 8 billion other people and a weather system and a continental system that are shifting regardless if you stay still. you got to keep up with that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the world moves on. Yeah, exactly. That's right. The
1: only constant is change. Exactly, exactly. Yes. And what's the final fifth principle? Uh, And that's the one of spirituality. Mm. And uh, spirituality as I'm using it, not in a religious sense, Mm -hmm. although it may involve religion, is when... A person's sense of what is the big scheme, what's the big meaning of me in this cosmos? Mm. How do I connect to it, or don't? Mm-hmm. How do I develop that connection? How do I become more uh, indivisible? Mm. Yeah. Oh, there's the podcast. Song. There it is. That's <laughs> name. How do I become part of and unique and and bring that wholeness into my u- uniqueness? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. I've
2: noticed a pretty strong. Trend in more and more people being willing to dive into spiritual thinking and just being open to that conversation. I found that too. A lot of young people now are okay with that. And I, even when I was in high school, like not even five years ago, everyone would just kind of make fun of you if you were starting to talk about stuff like that and it wasn't linked to religious language. Right.
0: I have so many friends that are into uh, like really into astrology now. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, I don't remember astrology being huge when we were younger and now people are just so into it mm. it's just hilarious to me i did it's it, yeah you know, it's,
1: yeah the saturn pluto <laughs> yeah
0: exactly yeah I, I feel like mercury's in retrograde that's yeah. why i'm being such a such an <laughs> asshole right now
2: i feel like as, as, <laughs> as we're becoming more connected through social media and through the internet yeah these ideas and these are spreading faster mm-hmm. and yes. people are also starting to on some level subconsciously understand mm-hmm. that they're not f- anymore fulfilled by the community that the internet creates. Yeah. So they're getting the ideas on how to fix the problems while also getting a double dose of the problems. Yes. And so it's making people want to find answers more. Yeah,
1: yeah I would agree with that. The dream of our uh, society, I guess for us as males would be to be multimillionaires, even billionaires of mm-hmm. the big house, <clears throat> maybe even an airplane, maybe even a yacht and maybe even uh, you know a beautiful wife and wonderful children, mm-hmm. and that will fulfill us. Mm. Uh, and it's somewhere niggling in the back of my mind, maybe I bought into that for a long time. Until as a therapist, I've had clients who I'm just describing as clients, mm-hmm. and they're 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 not as happy as most people. They're depressed, anxious. Uh, Four thousand people are, are the decisions I make today affect the. 4,000 families, for example. So, uh, and I'm saying, you know, you might be happier with a pizza stand uh, yeah. uh, somewhere <laughs> and just pack it all in. Yeah. And, and yeah. truth, that's probably the case. Mm. Yeah. So, what I've learned over the years is that happiness isn't out here in the extrinsic things, the big house, the clothes, mm-hmm. it's in the intrinsic value, the intrinsic experience of. Well I'll, for lack of better language uh that unified field, that state of uh kingdom of heaven within if you're a christian uh, mm-hmm. uh nirvana if you're Buddhist, Samadhi, if you're Hindu <laughs> whatever that is, it's all the same place it it's like like happiness lies within, mm-hmm. and the trick is how do we get there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um so I want to tell a little story here about my own journey okay all right uh, okay I was a d h d didn't quite get through grade 12, so I had to go, well, I didn't know what to do. So my father and another man bought a, a, a motel in Revelstoke, the Columbia Motor Inn. And I was on a train going up there, and I, I was reading a book because I was just interested in psychology and Eastern philosophy, uh, and I'm 18 and so the book was titled uh, i consulted alan watts and the book was titled psychotherapy east and west mm-hmm. and i was sitting opposite two gentlemen and we got into a conversation one was a biology professor at university of victoria and the other gentleman was a city engineer at this in the city of victoria and they were off to see a fellow called marishi Mahesh yogi
0: ah Maharishi. and so <laughs> uh
1: so i'm 18 and we got in this conversation and when i got back to vancouver uh, some time later, I, saw, I decided to go back to a place called Surepass to get my grade 13 and mm-hmm. catch up on the course I needed to get my grade graduation. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I was a C, C-plus student at best, mostly mm-hmm. a C-minus, uh, so, uh, because, because of my capacity to focus. Mm-hmm. And so I went to a talk on West Broadway, and to be honest, I, was really, I walked in there, and most of the folks were, were female, Uh, that were interested in that time. A lot of them apparently were Rosicrucians in my conversations. And then the speaker came out, gave a talk, and I thought he was clear, simple, and I thought, hmm, maybe, and I left my phone number. I got a phone call, do I want to go to the Sylvia Hotel and learn to meditate? And so I said, to my mother said, Well, I'll drive you there and I'll be down in the lobby. So there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you can come down. It's it's a a, problem yeah, when you so this is pretty weird stuff. I'm 18. <laughs> and so my mother said, You know, she wasn't a helicopter parent at all, but she yeah. was a little, mm, what's going on here? Mm. And so uh, I went there. And at that time, I was also very interested in socialist ideas because mm. I'm 18. Yeah. What else? Are you <laughs> yeah, right. <And> so, <laughs> we all went there to college. It phase. might mean yeah, further all, out. You, yeah. know, you know, once we all have a tractor, we'll all be happy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, so I, I learned to meditate, mm. and I went. This worked right away, instantly. I walked down, and everything kind of was vibrating with life that it didn't have before. Mm. And so, would uh, this have been the seventies, Jim? This was nineteen sixty-four. <laughs> sixty-four. Yeah. This was before anyone. I was the second person under the age, a student. Who, to start meditating. There's a fellow called, uh, uh, well, he's now Dr. Rob Walker. He lives in Victoria. Yeah. Okay. He and I were the first two students to start meditating really? in, in B.C. Wow. And, and you uh, learned at the Sylvia too? No, I don't think so. I think he learned in Victoria because okay. Eileen Leroy, who taught me, lived in Victoria. Yeah. Okay. And she met Marishi because she worked as a, a reporter with the Victoria Colonist, and they did weekend kind of features, and they were going to feature Marishi because mm-hmm. he was staying in Victoria at that time, mm-hmm. that day. And for the listeners who might not know who Marishi. is,
0: is can we just do it quick? Oh, uh, sure.
1: Marcy is known as the teacher of, of uh, Paul, Ringo, and George, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and John, the, the, the Beatles, yeah. Um, and he also, Mia Farrow was in at the time, uh, Eflin Jim Symbolis Jr. started meditating. Uh, it went on and on from there. I could talk about all the people. Mary mm-hmm. Tyler Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just, he became the teacher of, of a lot of folks. The, the Beach Boys, Mike mm-hmm. Love, who when I became a teacher in 1970, uh, was there on the course in Humboldt and, and uh, to become um, was there hanging around at that time. Interesting. And he was became a meditation teacher. They went to Rishikesh. Mm. I was teaching in a place called Likely, B.C. at the time, so I didn't go I, because I didn't have the money to travel and take a year off but I did the following year, and I was the first person uh, first course in North America with Maharishi in Humboldt in uh, California, and then the second part was in uh, uh, up in um, in Colorado, up in the Rockies. Uh, There's so, a place called Likely. Likely, BC, yes, was well, a likelihood town. Uh, that's But awesome. yeah. my first year, t- anyways, long and short. Sounds of it quaint. It is, <laughs> it's John Likely. It was a mining town, and yeah. it's quite. Anyway, long and short of it is yes. So Marchi uh, became very famous mm-hmm. uh, with many people, and uh, since then, uh, there, there's many, many people. So in 1970, I became a teacher of meditation, and I, uh, because it, it worked, mm-hmm. I felt calm, relaxed, and by the way, as a student, I went from a C minus to C plus. To we're talking, uh, I remember getting a, a mark in psychology, and it was an A+. <laughs> I couldn't understand. It's just my paper. So what it does, we now know through neuroscience that transcendental meditation actually thickens your frontal lobe. It develops the left and right parts of your brain It'll start working together in mm-hmm. coordination. So your brain is more actively used, and so you expand and keep expanding your consciousness. Wow. So that whatever you put your awareness on is much fuller and more complete. mm mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah, so anyone who I mean I've taught folks with down syndrome to meditate my grandmother broke her hip and after hip uh, she, and she was in a coma came out of the coma came home and the first thing she wanted to learn she was just 92 years old mm-hmm. to learn to meditate. So it's if never she learned too to late to meditate it's at 92. Mm-hmm. So uh, the point being it doesn't require a change in your belief system. Mm-hmm. In fact it's not uh, uh, you know it's not anything like that and with people mm-hmm. with down syndrome down syndrome and teaching them it doesn't involve changing your uh, you know having a, a certain intellectual understanding it's just anyone who can think can do this mm-hmm. you don't have to believe it works like brushing your teeth it works you do it and it works mm-hmm. it's the it's medicine the for all people anyone who can think can do it i also that. think
0: that a lot of a lot of people come from a place where they think they can't meditate because they haven't practiced it enough but it's it's like the way i like to think of it is that it's a muscle right like even if even if i kind of every you know 15 seconds i'm i'm oh, I kind of got lost as long as I'm reminding myself that I'm meditating and yes. flexing that muscle. Well, that,
1: that's part of it because the principle of me- of this particular kind you of You have myth. to be forgiving yeah. to
0: yourself and it's, it's... Yeah. You have to... Yeah, that's the way I... Uh,
1: yeah, it. I think that's fair. I mm-hmm. think the key thing is to realize it's not focusing or trying to control anything. Yeah. Or, or contemplation, thinking about... You know, the flower in the garden, the gardens in the world. Mm -hmm. The whole technique is based on a principle that the mind will spontaneously, effortlessly, naturally Mm -hmm. go to a place of greater happiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're talking and in the next room comes on over, over the air a song that you, the listener, hear and love spontaneously you're listening to the song, not to what I'm saying. The mind will spontaneously go there. It doesn't think, oh, I think I'll go and listen to that song. It automatically goes there. Interesting. And the mind will automatically go to this inner reservoir of energy, creative intelligence, but the best part, Mm -hmm. bliss, concentrated happiness. Mm -hmm. That's happiness on a spiritual, physical, intellectual, emotional level. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And the mind will spontaneously go there. I have a friend, Bill Witherspoon, i just finish up with a story about this, and this, I want to tie it back into parenting in a second. Uh, is he's a, he was a painter when I met him, and he told me his story about he went to a, a temple and got a mantra from a monk, and it led to him stopping painting, shutting down his little studio uh, in Honolulu in Hawaii, and as he told me, I was up in the hills eating coconuts and, and, and pineapples. And then he said, the "Marishi came through town, and he went and he learned to meditate. When you learn to meditate, you receive a special sound or mantra. But these are for active people, not for monks. They're for active people. So he got this, and pretty soon he was interested in buying a paintbrush and some canvases. And before he knew, it, he was painting. Before he knew it, he had a studio back in Honolulu, and he also had one in L.A. and an, uh, an outlet in L.A. and also one in New York and." Uh, he was saying that NASA, before they shut down the program at that time, were considering him to be the first artist to go in space, one of the first artists to go in space. So wow. It wow. went all the way. So these, this particular <coughs> technique is not to lead you out of life, but to bring you more into life. And I guess that's the final thing I'd say about it, is that it's been about 2,600 years before, since people have practiced using this technique mm. and this these particular sounds. So thanks to Maharishi, he's brought it to the world. There's probably... Uh, three or four million students through the David Lynch Foundation around the world who've learned to meditate, uh, and it's expanding at an incredible rate. So that's Uh, the goal, is to get enough people meditating, but tying it back to the family. Mm -hmm. My final shot on this is that a peace in the world begins with the basic social unit, which Mm -hmm. is the family. Mm. And for me, it's tying together democratic principles and having this connecting, to, again, to the indivisible part of ourselves, mm-hmm. connecting ourselves to the deepest level with that universal uh, n- experience of bliss, happiness, but in that category, energy, creative energy, creative intelligence, and energy, bringing all that together. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that in the family, the basic social unit, the family's happy, the neighborhood, we have folk meditating, they're happy, and then you've got a happy neighborhood, a happy province, Happy provinces, and then of course you've got that going on—a very peaceful uh, country. It's hard to have international tension yeah. when, when you've got that going on. So it's mm-hmm. a way of bringing about, in the end, world peace. Yeah,
0: I uh, I love the idea of of the first artist in space. It sounds like a concept album. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? That's so much pressure. <laughs> I, I think of David Bowie or something. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> David Bowie was the first artist in space. Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> I really
2: love that adlerian psychology focuses on the power of the ripple effect that if you start internally externally the world will follow if you are willing to lead by example yes. mm-hmm. and that's something that i yes, i exactly. came yeah and i came to terms with that through my studies of what buddhism is yes. and mm-hmm. i think that that's i just that image of you on the train reading this book about the meeting of eastern and western psychology mm-hmm. it's just that's it, really to me what this all feels like is trying to find a perspective that ties together the truths that both sides of the world have right. found over time. Hey,
1: mm-hmm. I struggled a lot, thank you. I struggled a lot for a long time with how do you reconcile the, this Eastern view of the world with Western democracy yeah. and Western psychology, that Adler was a huge believer in demo- in democracy and his, mm-hmm. and his buddy, uh, Rudolf Dreyker, is the same. So I, I wrestled a lot with those two concepts yeah. inside mm-hmm. of me. Yeah, And then I, uh, a fellow called Warren Ziegler, who we worked with John F. Kennedy, uh, uh, I met him and spent time traveling around with him doing, envisioning our workshops, and he uh, introduced me to a Chinese philosopher called Quan Tzu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was a uh, the teacher of uh, of Confucius. He was uh, a spiritual leader at the time of Confucius. And uh, Quan Tzu's book, uh, Watson's a guy from Harvard, wrote, wrote the definitive sort of aphorisms, little one-liners or little short uh, phrases that... Uh, that Kwan Tzu came up with. And the one that, that struck me, I was to have to give a talk between uh, bringing uh, Eastern philosophy into into Hitlerian uh, principles, uh, democratic principles at a, at, a, at a meeting. So I was reading Kwan Tzu at the time and I found this little phrase that stuck for me. It may mean nothing to anyone else, but it really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And it was, the phrase goes like this. If the guest arrives and the host is not home, not in, home, then the guest cannot enter. But if the guest arrives and there's no hitching post, the guest cannot stay. So to me, d- democracy was like a hitching post. It was a place that allowed uh, a compassionate community to be there uh, as a democratic way of, of organizing ourselves. And that being at home... With ourselves, to me, is developing ourselves spiritually and being centered in our spiritual center. Wow, well, there's a lot home. of meaning in
2: that one sentence. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, that's. There you go. That's so, very,
1: very so profound. Brought it
2: together for yeah. me, very profound. Very interesting,
0: uh, and I think, I think, uh, moving forward into in future podcasts, I, I, I am looking forward to diving into, to, like, like you, what you were saying, kind of. Eastern philosophy and Western thought, and kind mm-hmm. of combining kind of spirituality and science in a way that that feels comfortable. Right.
1: Mm. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's 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 bringing that together. I think that uh, that there's a lot that can be learned. I I'm, I'm still a great uh, profound believer in. A democratic family development. Mm-hmm. If we're going to have democratic society, we can't have autocratic homes, which is a basic social unit of our society. So, on the macro level, on that level, but and what what families need are practical, useful skills to uh, to be able to create democratic character in their children, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. developing democratic character. Yeah, using not fear as a way of controlling the child, mm-hmm. but using social logic. We you know, is that we don't hit our brother because he's smaller, and we can. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. And how do we sort that out in a way that isn't using fear, is but is actually mm-hmm. using social logic? I I just like to circle back because you mentioned the David
0: Lynch Foundation, yes. and I think that's in. I think it's an incredibly interesting. Well, it's thing. Da- well,
1: lovely. It's what what's happened there is um, two things. Uh, David, uh, David Lynch is, people probably know he's a filmmaker mm-hmm. and he, he seems like the last guy to be having something at the David Lynch Foundation to have so children can learn to meditate around the world mm-hmm. but that's what he's done so I suggest everybody out there get yourself to a meditation center mm-hmm. they're all over the place I know that here in Vancouver there's a long history of that and so get to the meditation center I think it's on on West 8th over in Vancouver but get down to that and learn to meditate Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, somebody who, uh, I'll finish with a little story because I hope Gabor, if you're listening, you're okay with this story <laughs> well, uh, uh, there was a guy called Hariel Baines and we were at university as young socialists, I was uh, got to UBC, I think first second university and I think uh, uh, Gabor Mati is a year or so older than I, anyways he uh, and I were in, in this internationalist group and Hariel Baines was kind of our leader but He got kicked out, and I got kicked out of the group because uh, for two different reasons. (laughs) Uh, I got kicked out because I was meditating, just another opiate of the people. Yeah, (laughs) I wasn't going to bring about tractors for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, because he was, uh, uh, he was interested in weed. Smoking pot, so we both got kicked out, and 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 that was a a little thing. So over the years, I've kind of always we've been we kind of were soul brothers, and that we both got kicked out. He went his way, and I I went down the path of Atharian psychology and Mm -hmm. and 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 transcendental meditation as a a practice, and Mm -hmm. and over the years have taught many people. but he uh, he went down the road of of helping people with uh, addictions. Mm-hmm. He's just done a brilliant job with everything done. But I ran to him on the street because he's very famous now, and I yeah. I saw him. I said, "Gabor, I, how are you <laughs> handling all the, the the weight of all this uh, fame?" And he kind of chuckled away, uh, uh, and then uh, he said, "Oh, by the way, uh, somebody." Uh, uh, gifted me to learn to meditate. So I started Transcendental Meditation. <laughs> so I said, well, it only took you 55 years to get to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little shock on him. That was kind of it, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, yeah
0: for, our, uh, for our listeners at home who might not know who Gabor Mate is, can you just do... Uh,
1: uh, he's ri- he's written several books. One of is, uh, um on Hold On to Your Kids. Mm. Uh, the, the, the Hungry Ghost is another book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's worked in downside east side in Vancouver Mm -hmm. uh, with safe injection sites he's helped develop all of that and Mm -hmm. he's uh, considered an expert on how we deal with the opioid crisis that's going on around Mm -hmm. the world, he speaks all over the world on this topic wow, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. well
2: I mean, I feel great about this podcast. Yeah, I feel like I, we've done, I, uh,
1: yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna say, just uh, finish out. It was just like story. I, yeah. I was saying to to Stephen before we began is that I see human beings uh, to borrow a phrase from Lewis McNabb, the human beings are featherless storytelling animals. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 learn through stories. Yeah. Stories are important. In fact, most mm-hmm. indigenous cultures teach. Their form of education with through mm. stories. Mm. Yeah, or oral cultures. Oral cultures. That's and, why podcasts uh, are so popular now. That's right. We're back into an oral culture yeah. in many ways. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Here's the story I was <laughs> going to tell. Back in, I guess it's 1966, uh, there was a group coming through Vancouver called uh, the Yardbirds. The Yardbirds. And, uh, and uh, Music geeks uh, yes, out there. there was a fellow uh, at the radio station who I think he was also a promoter bringing the group in. Um, I uh, said that they were interested in hearing. I guess the Beatles had talked to them about meditation. So, out to my parents' uh, rec room in Richmond came uh, t- uh, two members of the Yardbirds, and one of them was Jimmy Page, who's uh, quite a famous guitar player. So, he got here. <laughs> quite all a about famous guitar an player. And the cool part <laughs> is, he, yeah, so he goes upstairs to. Uh, Afterwards, I think having a cup of tea with my grandmother, who was a nurse in World War One. He, he was very interested in talking to her. And we had a fairly big house. It was my grandparents uh, and my great-aunt and, and my... Four siblings and my parents, but a fairly large place with five or six bedrooms. and it was this winding staircase going upstairs. And when the song came out, it was the Stairway of Heaven, I played it to my grandmother. And I said, You know that little English boy that was here, that you, you kind of Jimmy? <laughs> he said, Oh, yes, lovely fellow. And I said, I think he wrote you a song. <laughs> you know, you come down from my parents' rec room up to the stairs to have a cup of tea with you afterwards. I, it's called The Stairway to Heaven. Not true, not at all. Oh, but but my grandmother it's it's was a, delighted to, with the thought. And yeah, yes. it's,
0: uh, it's it's, uh, it's fun to think. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's, cool. So
2: cute. that's cute. cute. I like yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: This okay. has been an absolute pleasure. This I is yeah. everything I wanted to do today. I think
0: we got yeah. I think we've talked about a lot of great stuff today. Yep. We've got a lot to chew on. Yeah, um, And
1: really, we haven't unpacked any of them to any in any depth. <laughs> but we so will. we straight. will. We've okay. got we've okay. got
0: plenty of opportunities. We got okay. uh, hopefully one a month for the next for the foreseeable I, I, future. I would
1: like to invite folks as they hear this to uh, to send us uh, some sort of response back to us. Yeah, and how can they do that? Uh, they guys?
0: can go on Instagram or Twitter mm-hmm. and. Divisible with Jim Skinner. If anybody is interested in in recommending topics that we could talk about, if anybody wants to hear Jim talk about something, uh go online and hit us up.
1: That was fun guys. Yeah, that was fantastic. fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks. Alrighty. Thanks. Thanks.